now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton. And I'm Steffi Barnett on today's jam-packed show, The Swimmer. Yeah, Steph's going to be talking to the film's writer-director and after two years of Covid digital versions, how the UK Jewish Film Festival is returning to cinemas. And Fifty Shades of Gay, celebrating 50 years of gay pride. Uh, sounds amazing, doesn't it? Well, one set of carnival organisers felt it was a bit inappropriate. Uh, we'll talk to Paul Studley. <laughs> <laughs> After a bit of a break due to COVID, the Shout Out Listeners Awards are returning. With more awards than ever before and ending in a massive award ceremony where the winners will be announced, voting will open on the 24th of November. Listen live to Shout Out Radio for more information. Ba-dum, bum, bum. Hello. Well, hello. You can't you can't hear me through your headphones, can you? I don't know why. No, I can't. I can hear the music, but not you. Maybe that's a good thing. But the problem is I can't even hear myself. Um, I have no idea. I really don't. It, it's all on. It's all switched on, I promise you. We, we, we'll sort it in a break. But we're going out, right? Yeah, we are going out. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we're going, going out, out on, on yeah. 12 stations, yeah? <laughs> so, and we're not just Terry. talking to your, ourselves. Terry should be there as well. Hello, Terry? No, I can't hear him. I'm here. Oh, oh there, there he is. Hey. I've been here all along, lurking <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Can you hear us okay, Terry? It's loud and clear. Oh, it's all the listeners going, what is going on? It's all <laughs> sounding fine here. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, joys, joys of live radio. It's, Joy um, of community radio. Indeed, yeah. So, uh, Anyway, shout out listeners awards coming. Mm. Yeah. 24th of November. You can say it. I don't. Now, I, yeah, I don't have to whisper it now, do I? Twenty fourth of November. I can't wait. <laughs> Everyone so. knows. Yeah. In two rounds, uh, there's loads more awards in this one. They've had a bit of a revamp this year, um, and again, uh, we'll be doing what we normally do. So, round one is open nominations. You can vote for anyone uh, for any award um, that you like, and then what we do, they'll close around Christmas time, and we open again in January when everyone's had lots of nice Christmas turkey and the like, um, and it will be um, the top maximum of five in, in each award. Uh, depending on how many um, nominations get and you vote for them in round two it's all ending in an award ceremony which has been presented at the end of February live in the Old Market Assembly so all going to be glitz and glamour and and, and wonderful stuff so time to get your best frock out (laughs) it's okay I've just checked and I can hear your dulcet tones on you chicken are actually online, on, on air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to waste my breath, Mr. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, big patch show today. We've got two big interviews coming up. Um, yeah. one, one about film festivals, which is great, um, uh, because about... they're returning to um, actual stuff after COVID and doing everything digital and, and yeah. the like. And there's a really good um, film that you spoke to the writer-director about, didn't you? Yep, I did. Um, a great movie as well, which I um, had a chance to to watch um, all will be revealed later when I chat to Adam mm, yes. um, and of course we chat, chatted to Paul Studley yeah, who's I caught been up in the press right across he's been on everything England um, I think. even I the Chris Evans Scotland and Wales even but. the Chris Evans show which have also yeah. offered him to go to one of their car shows which yeah. I thought was brilliant so, and you hear me talk to Paul about it so um, I did ask 
Paul to give us an update because it was recorded yesterday if they heard anything uh, today um, I haven't heard back from him if we do between now and the interview okay. we'll, we'll let and you know this is about the, the Bridgewater Carnival when it goes to Burnham-on-Sea and Western and Burnham have said they don't like the name of the float yeah yeah which so. is very odd yeah it's all a bit odd so. will all be revealed hmm um, anyway, um, we're going to kick things straight off straight into an interview, believe it or not. So we're, we're going into um, your one. Okay, well, crack on then. I'll let oh, you do the intro. It's me, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, uh, right. Hang on. I'm not very good at doing this, like, reading. Do you want me to reading. do it? Then, no, no, if you no, can't no, read. No, no. Um, after presenting mostly <laughs> digital editions for the last two years at the UK Jewish Film Festivals, please be returning to cinemas in London across the nation, uh, and across the nation, sorry, with screenings running from 10 to, 10 to the 20th of November 2022, um, and with a selection of films available online as well from the 21st to the 22nd, uh, 27th of November 2022. Um, offering an outstanding crop of cinematic stories from around the world, the festival will highlight four fantastic titles at unique gala screenings uh, with special guests in attendance. Uh, in addition, the festival global the festival's global outlook is represented uh, by a full and diverse lineup across the European film, Israeli film, British film, uh, and Americas. Um, now, you managed to chat with um, one of the directors of one of said films, didn't I you? I did. Now, the film programmes, along with additional in-depth programmes covering Alan Howard International Documentary Strand, LGBTQ Plus Cinema and Shorts, I spoke to Adam Calderon about the film The Swimmer. Adam, tell me first a little bit about the film. Now, I did watch it last night. Give us a bit of background. How did it, how did you think, uh, come up with the idea? Because you also wrote it as well, didn't you? As well as direct... Yeah, so first of all, I'm really happy to be here and um, to talk about uh, the film. Uh, the Swimmer is based on my personal story. I was a professional swimmer um, all of my um, youth. And um, yeah, basically, I gathered uh, a lot of memories and uh, traumas that I experienced uh, back then. Um, it was uh, almost 20 years ago and uh, transformed them into a film, into poetry, into something I had to say. Um, yeah, so it was a very long process. Um, also, to write a script was challenging because um, all the time I needed to remind myself that it's a film, like what is true, what is fiction, that it's a film. It was very challenging because I needed to dive into some really intense uh, memories um, that uh, I locked behind when I uh, stopped uh, swimming. Uh, yeah, so now we have the film. So, so it sounds like it was quite, um, quite an emotional journey for you, the writing of this film. Did, did you find it quite cathartic? Yeah, like all of, um, all, most of my projects, I'm dealing with um, um, a lot of with uh, the many shape and shapes and forms of homophobia, and uh, my particular story or experience uh, that I had as a young uh, uh, gay. I wasn't gay back then. I mean, I was, but uh, I was uh, in the closet. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so yeah it was quite traumatic it was in the end of the 90s and um, 
it's true that today things are a, there is a good process and you know we are walking towards um, you know creating a safer and better environment but back then it was really harsh I mean there was nobody to talk to and it was very hidden and very dark and uh, it was you know it comes on top of uh, being a competitive swimmer which is anyway and really stressful <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. environment to be so both things m mixer created a you know it was it was very challenging years so writing the script was diving into those years and it was it was also very healing it was very yeah, intense it comes, but uh, it comes across as very intense the the training is is quite incredible isn't it yeah, it's um, it's very Spartan uh, way of life when you are, um, in my case, um, a professional swimmer. What I wanted to achieve in this film is also to have to allow like a sneak peek into, <clears throat> sorry, into a very hermetic bubble of uh, elite sport um, conditions that basically, if you are not there, it's very hard to know what is behind the medal or the competition like what is the everyday um way of life when you want to achieve the gold um so yeah it's physically draining psychologically draining the competition is it never really stops because you have your teammates that most of the time, you know, they are your competitors. Let me just say the cinematography, you know, the opening scenes on the motorcycle and that, and the, the pool scenes, just incredible. And the music is very 90s. You've taken us right back. <laughs> Thank you so much. The Oferinov is the cinematographer of the film. Uh, he is a well-known and very established uh, cinematographer uh, in Israel. Uh, it was a dream coming through working with him is a true master and uh, because i i still feel as um it's only my second feature film it was such a great opportunity to meet with someone like him that can translate my visual language into reality and he's just amazing he could understand me right away um, and also because it was very important for both of us to describe all the fetishism, like to talk about the sport from other aspects. Especially in my case, I, I started my film career as a costume designer. And I did it for uh, some years, which was amazing. And then when I wanted to transfer to being the director, um, it was a bit hard because there was a big gap in the monarchy of the uh, film uh, on, on the f uh, filming sets. And um, then it was considered to be something v uh, feminine to be a costume designer in Israel. Yeah. So uh, when I started uh, my, di my directing uh, path, uh, I was um, always, my first approach was with, with the costumes. And I was a bit ashamed of that. But now I can say that I'm really proud to say that I'm also almost directing through costumes. And um, um, 
together with offer the the cinematographer which really understood it it was um you know uh, such a, an amazing adventure under the water above the water in the sky 360 and the music uh, that made by the Penelopes a French duo the coolest band in the world uh, I was really lucky to meet them in Jerusalem Film Festival and um to form the collaboration uh, of a couple of years and um, then yeah they nailed it i mean they just got the vibe they got the rhythm it was important for me and for 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 me and for them uh, that the music is almost like another character uh, that always um there is always a bit in the main characters um omer perelman the main character heart uh, so this is why it's through the whole film like a blanket uh, yes and um, it's perfect the, the the sex scenes they're quite quite graphic were they difficult to film when you say um, sex scenes it's interesting because uh, there are no really sex scenes in the film and I'm saying it because somebody <laughs> told me not long time ago that uh, and, and it opened my eyes he told me wow it was I don't remember when I saw a, a, such a gay film without with even one kiss because basically um, they never they, the only time they touch each other which is also referring to the opening sequence is uh, when they are shaving each, each other to the competition uh, so but those very highly intense intimate scenes like um, when he's uh, jerking off or when he's sh shaving each other or um, it was a very great experience because I was uh, lucky enough to work with the amazing cast and crew uh, Omer Perelman, uh, Erez, uh, which is an amazing actor and Asaf uh, Yonash, which is playing Nevo. Um, in that case, they are young and talented and eager uh, exactly like I am in, in filmmaking so it was um, challenging and intense and we had to do it uh, quite fast this is why we had a lot of rehearsals uh, but it was a great uh, mm. experience there was also a great use of shadow wasn't there um, which I find really, really clever of the masturbation scene that didn't actually show it. So it, the, the camera sort of dipped a bit and just went to the shadow on the wall. That was very clever. Thank you. I, I'm happy to hear, uh, to hear that. I think dealing with shadows was something in many levels were, was important in the process. Uh, first of all, uh, shadows as a contradiction with the concrete to the blue water there is always something there there is always something whispering following also being gay it's like always there is like a shadow that follows you wherever you go and um, also and because of that um, offer and myself we chose to to use it a lot because for example in the scene you mentioned um, I wasn't in it wasn't about the actual realism of what's happening I was looking to emphasize the point of view of Erez 
on everything that's happening around him, which is much more cinematic and bigger than life and the potential of it. So the shadow, you know, reflects some kind of um, iconic visual, uh, universal, that uh, then the specific uh, moment of what he's experiencing with himself, because this is how we see it. If he's looking on the shadow, this is also how Erez see the situation. Um, so it was just one example from many places. We wanted to find a poetic way to emphasize the point of look, the point of view of Erez, which is appearing in 99.9% of the scenes. I mean, all the. We experience the film with errors. Like we see what he see, he we knows what he knows. Because if he's not existing the, I mean, seen he's not. You know, we are not there as well. So yeah, yeah. Can we go back um, about your own personal growing up when you were a kid and that? Was it? Do you grew up in in Israel? I guess yeah. Um, was yeah. that very difficult being gay then, back in the 80s, 90s? I grew up in a kibbutz uh, in Israel, in the desert part, in a small community, amazing atmosphere and, um, and values with a very, you know, sense of community. My grandparents uh, were building the kibbutz in 47. Uh, my mother was born there. Um, my brother is still there. Uh, yeah, I had a very uh, rich childhood. Um, but as far of my experience of being different, I was the only gay in the village for many, many, many years. <laughs> um, I had a great childhood in nature. Uh, but as being gay, yeah, it was dark, it was weird, it was different, but I very early I chose to use it as a source of creativity. I had to invent many things by myself because of the solitude of the location of where I grew up. So it kind of um, forced me to use my imagination that uh, now helps me a lot because it kind of shaped my yeah, you're, the in the, you're in the right industry for having a creative mind. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's come bang up to date. Um, uh, what's Israel like now with the LGBTQIA community? I'm, I guess there is always uh, progress, uh, but there is still um, so much to do to fight for equality. Yeah, I mean, I wake up in the morning and feel um, that... I want to keep doing my films and to talk about um, LG LGBTQ and also with all the, the aspects of it, uh, like I said, to deal with homophobia. And uh, I feel that uh, this is how I am um, expressing my my point of view and, and um, my beliefs. Yeah, and to keep uh, fighting for equality. Well, Adam, we've run completely out of time, but before we go, um, how can people follow you social media and find out more about the film? Um, yeah, I'm in Instagram, uh, Adam Calderon, and we also have uh, an account for The, the Swimmer, the film. Uh, it's called uh, The Swimmer Movie. And uh, yeah, it will be great. We are posting there and um, news and uh, updating about screenings and stuff. So uh, follow us there. Adam Coldron, thank you so much for spending time with Shout Out. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
The UK Jewish Film Festival runs from the 10th until the 20th of November. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's a Tessa Violet and games. That's kind of like all laid back. Uh, Very nice. Yeah, lovely, isn't it? Uh, anyway, mate, uh, can we get some news headlines? You can indeed. This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 10th of November. A fighting fund has been set up to defend the trans young people's charity Mermaids, says the top LGBTQIA newswire Pink News. As has been widely reported in the gay press, the charity has faced a concerted effort by the right-wing paper The Daily Telegraph to close it down by spreading misinformation about the charity's work. Telegraph journalists have accused the charity of all manner of misdemeanours and enabled an internet pile-on by extreme right-wing users who have targeted individual members of staff for death threats. As well as abuse of staff and volunteers, there is what is called a coordinated attack on Mermaid's sources of funding from the charity's partners being contacted to complaints being made to the Charity Commission. But Mermaid supporters across the LGBTQIA plus community are determined to fight back and have suggested the idea of a fighting fund. On the launch of the fund, Mermaids explained that monies raised would help, in particular, keep its helpline for trans youth and their families open. Let's beat the bullies and make sure that hate doesn't win, says Mermaids. If you would like to donate to the fund, visit our website for a link to their crowdfunder page. The French gay magazine Tétu reveals that the former president of the direct action campaign group ACT UP in Paris has been acquitted of defamation by the courts. A case against him was brought by one Hélène Bidard, a Stalinist feminist and member of the authoritarian Parti Communiste Française. Bidard has opposed all sex work in the capital in her role as a deputy mayor of the city. When a transgender sex worker, Jessica Sarmiento, was murdered, ACT UP's President Marc-Antoine Bartoli remarked on how the sex-phobic communist deputy had contributed to the environment in which the sex worker had died. Many LGBTQIA plus activists called, uh, saw Helen Bigard's lawsuit as a gag procedure aimed at judicially harassing the former president of ACT UP. In the end, their fears did not materialise and the case by Bigard was thrown out of court. The Trotskyist left group Alliance for Workers' Liberty announces that they are holding a day called All the Rage, focusing on socialism and feminism and the connections between the two movements on Saturday the 26th of November. Talks and workshops will include women in the cost of living crisis, building revolution against clerical fascism in Iran, women versus the state and trans-inclusive feminism. The venue is Pelican House in London's Bethnal Green and tickets are £10 wage £5 unwaged. For more information, visit allthews.workersliberty.org. In entertainment news now, trans actress Yasmin Finney says that she is looking forward to joining the celebrated television science fiction series Doctor Who in its 60th year. 
Media website Digital Spy says that Yasmin becomes the first trans actor to be given a major starring role in the programme, although there have been several trans actors in supporting roles in the show's long history. Yasmin will play a character called Rose and gay scriptwriter Russell T Davis, who is taking over as the person in charge of the programme, has already teased that she may be linked to another companion called Rose, played by Billy Piper, who travelled with Christopher Ecclestone's incarnation of the Doctor. Doctor Who fans are looking forward to a scheduled three special feature-length shows next year that will kick off a new era in the show's history. The much-loved gay actor Neil Patrick Harris is believed to be playing a villain in the already-filmed specials, with Whovian podcasters speculating that he may be portraying the Celestial Toymaker, a villain who did battle with the very first Doctor, William Hartnell, in 1965. We send our greetings this week to LGBTQIA Sikhs because on Tuesday the 8th of November was the festival of Guru Nanak Devji Gurparab, also known as Guru Nanak's Prakash Utsav, which celebrates the birth of the first of the Sikh gurus, Nanak, in CE 1469. The birth date of Guru Nanak is the most important holiday in Sikhism. If you want to play Sikh music for the celebrations, then widely available Asian broadcasters such as the BBC Asian Network and Sunrise Radio will be marking the festivities through the weekend. There are many LGBTQIA Sikhs because although the religion has its own conservative elements, there are no specific prohibitions on homosexuality in its holy texts, and the religion shares a certain amount of tradition with Hinduism, a religion with a strong element of gender non-conformity. Sarbat is the largest UK-based organisation for LGBTQIA plus Sikhs and their friends, and they have a lively website of discussion and resources. We have popped a link on our newsfeed if you want to learn more. And this Friday is the 11th of November and the anniversary of the Armistice of 1918, which brought an end to the First World War. It's customary for many people to observe a one-minute silence at 11am, and most television and radio stations in the UK will go off-air for this period. Red poppies are often worn as a symbol of remembrance and have been associated with remembrance since the Napoleonic Wars, according to a recent piece on BBC Two. Red poppies are sold widely in the UK and funds go to the Royal British Legion, which works with veterans. It's a time to note the considerable contribution of LGBTQIA plus people within the forces communities in fighting for democratic rights, especially during those years before gay and trans people were not welcomed within the British forces. However, many people feel that the Red Poppy has been co-opted by the military, and since 1933, a coalition of peace groups, the left, Christian pacifists and conscientious objectors have worn a white poppy instead. There has always been a strong relationship between the left of the LGBT plus movement and the peace movement, from the lesbian contribution to the Greenham Common Women's Peace Camps to Peter Tatchell's essays on reforming the military to make it more democratic, LGBTQIA plus people have been influential in pacifism and anti-war activities. Here in Bristol, the People's Republic of Stokes Croft Shop on Jamaica Street is selling both red and white poppies. Well, that's it for this evening. For these news stories and more, we update our website every day. Do check us out at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Terry Starr. Shoutout News. National and international LGBT news for you. (laughs) 
shout out. LGBT Radio for you. They're back. After a bit of a break due to COVID, the Shoutout Listeners Awards are returning. With more awards than ever before and ending in a massive award ceremony where the winners will be announced, voting will open on the 24th of November. Listen live to Shoutout Radio for more information. The Shoutout Podcast. So, a very warm welcome to Shoutout, to an old friend of the show we've known for many years, I think right since um, pretty much the start. Normally talking about nightclubs and stuff, because he is the owner of the Queen's Shilling, but that's not what we're talking today. Um, but I'm very pleased to say a very warm welcome, Paul Studley. Welcome to Shoutout again. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Hi, Andy. Yeah, it's great to be back. It's been a while. <laughs> now um obviously um we're talking about um, some certain stuff that seems to have caused a bit of a phenomenon i've just literally watched you on points west now um we're, we're talking about carnivals i'll come to that in a minute because what i want to talk about first is it's all around the lgbt plus forum and you guys going into the carnival can you tell us a, give us a little bit of background what is the lgbt plus forum and what led to you making carnival floats and taking around all the places um, yeah, the, the North Somerset LGBT Forum is just a group of people um, who run a charity in Western Supermare, which is a non-for-profit charity. And it's basically just a load of volunteers who meet up and do events. Um, and it's just kind of a case of people just being there. So when people come out, there's some uh, there's people you can meet, people you can see, go to like a coffee morning. It's just kind of like a little meetup group. So they do lots of little little things around all over the place, like kind of like a rumble in the jumble is one of the things they do, as well as coffee mornings and other bits and pieces. Very nice. So it's a kind of, a kind of like social social thing then, very much. Absolutely. Nothing more than that, really. Um, the carnival idea was just, I think, uh, just an idea to try and raise their profile a little bit um, and also something to do. Um, just something new to do, uh, something people could just go on and join in with. So there, uh, obviously this is radio, so we'll have to describe it. But um, the, I remember the one thing that stood out when I saw your float, because I've seen you do other ones. I've seen you do them for things like Pride here in Bristol with boats and, and all yeah. sorts. This one's got a huge, great unicorn on the top of a van, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, in, when we do Bristol Pride, we always push the boat because you can't put a vehicle in. So that's the reason. Right. <laughs> it's an easy it's an easy way to push um, for everybody just to grab hold of a bit and push it around. So we get a massive sound system in there and a generator and it kind of pushes it. That's somebody pride. But um, with this one, we, we were allowed a float. So um, we've used a van. Um, which is kind of grey in colour. Um, we've put trussing around the roof, which has got lighting on it, so it all kind of has rainbows going all the way around the roof. Uh, it has a massive sign on the front with the LGBT Forums logo on, and sat on top is this massive, huge unicorn. Um, so, yeah, you can't really miss us. I was going to say, so it, it kind of stands out from the crowd, but I'm guessing Carnival, um, the other floats must be quite ornate and big too, from what I've seen. Oh, the carnival! The main, the main carnival is absolutely amazing. The floats are awesome. So many, so many lamps um, and power, and so much effort and energy the the clubs make to put into these floats are are it's just absolutely amazing. We we are kind of still in the very much in the shadows with our entry compared to some of the bigger operators. But yeah, um, it, it's just nice to be there. Now, talking of um, shadows, or should we say shades of grey, in your case, <laughs> it's uh, shades of gay, isn't it? 
Yeah, Fifty Shades of Gay Celebrating Pride. That's the name of the entry. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that what's led to some of the problem here? Well, it, it, it isn't, it isn't. I mean, it, we entered Bridgewater, Burnham-on-Sea and Western Supermare initially. Um, and just uh, Bridgewater and Western Supermare went straight through, no problems whatsoever. But Burnham was a little bit um, tougher for us. They weren't, they kind of, letters went backwards and forwards. They kind of said things about how it's a charity entering. Uh, it's a charitable entry, so it couldn't be entered as a, as like a normal entry that would be judged. Um, then they've sort of, they've meetings have gone backwards and forwards. They've come back. There was, there were three things they, we actually came back with in the end. Um, it said they had concerns over how the public would react or respond to our entry name. Um, they said that they felt that they couldn't ask one charity to pay another charity for entering a, tr like a trade entry, even though we wanted to be a competitive entry. Uh, and they've also said they we were in breach of some county entry conditions, but we're still trying to figure out what these what these are. Now, reading between the lines, been a gay man myself and and <laughs> seen and seen and heard these kind of things before. This it comes across, and tell me if I'm barking up the wrong tree, but it comes across like someone's seen the name and thought the worst like we would have done back in like the 70s or 80s is is that mm. kind of the impression you your team are getting from it yeah i think so um it's really sad i mean everyone's been so supportive with us all the carnival clubs have, have been really supportive we've had messages from every everybody telling us you know we deserve to be there and how great we how great it is that there's a gay um an openly gay club entering in the carnival but um it's, I'm just wondering if it's like maybe someone who's a little bit older, um, stuck in a different generation, still thinking that, that you know, things like this are not acceptable now. Um, and I, I'm just wondering if this is how this has all come about. Uh, one of the letters that they sent, they they kind of backtracked and did offer us um, to enter, but they would only allow us to enter if we actually changed the name of the entry and the name of the club and remove any any advertising for the charity from the entry so it's a bit so they, they, they want you to rename really. the lgbt plus forum and remove yeah. the name 50 shades of gay it yeah. I, I could, could just be me interpreting it it does sound it sounds if i'm honest bordering on homophobia i think that, yeah it's really awkward i mean and then other people from the We've had. I've been on like the phone to to people from the committee, um, and they're saying, "Look, we're really sorry. You know, it's we, we 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 I don't want anything to do with this. It's not our. It's not like my decision." And there are up, then you go up to a different level, and you've got like the county um, people, and they're kind of saying, "Well, we don't really know what's happening in Burnham. It went straight through in Western Bridgewater. So who know who knows what's going on? That, that sadly, they've not made a." statement yet and we're hoping to see that this evening so until we get that i mean i'd like to see hopefully if they make us if they make um, a statement an apology would be great and maybe to introduce a policy uh, for inclusion um, and diversity um to, to ensure this doesn't happen next year but until they release their policy um or even tell us what the rules are what the county rules are that we've been um, we've not been allowed in for until they tell us that we don't really know 
I mean, is there, is there anything you're aware of about the name or the way um, your entry is that someone in the street could potentially find offensive, to your knowledge? Uh, Fifty Shades of Gay celebrating Pride. I don't know, really. Fifty Shades of Grey. That's out there. Fifty Shades of Gay. Well, we're all gay, so I, I don't know. I really don't know, um, Andy, what, what, how they've, how they've come to this. To be honest. Well, at, at the time of recording this, because obviously we're recording this on the on the Wednesday night, and we're broadcasting um, on the Thursday, uh, we will update it on the main show if something comes out in the meantime. But I believe at the moment um, they haven't even commented to the BBC who reached out uh, to them because you've just been out on Points West, but. They are having a meeting uh, to discuss it, which I believe is they're, they're going to then make some kind of announcement about it. Um, at the end of Points West, it turned out one of the businesses that has sponsored this sort of pulled out as a result. Um, and I personally thought the, the, the response he gave was quite a good one. He basically said, um, you know, that it should be open, it should be inclusive, and that they should admit they made a mistake, apologise, and do something to make up for it and stop it happening again. Is that kind of the outcome you would like to? All it really needs, I think, is a simple apology um, and, and and inclusion. That, that's all we really ask for. We'd like to be there next year. Um, we'd like the carnival to be stronger than ever. Um, and we, we desperately want to just be a part of that. Um, it's very sad. Like so A lot of the clubs, at one point, some of the clubs were talking about pulling out of the carnival in, um, to show their um, support for us. Um, and having sponsors pull out, I mean, it's an absolute nightmare. Uh, and, and we we desperately don't want the carnival to suffer. Um, all we really want is just sort of a, a basic apology and some inclusion. That's all we're asking for. Oh. Well, listen, I, I hear it was um, Chris Evans is giving you an alternative where you, you may be able to take the carnival off to some kind of a car show, was it, <laughs> as well? as a yes. kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was working late last night. Um, so didn't get up till lunchtime kind of thing. And um, Chris, uh, yeah, I had missed hundreds of calls and people were ringing me all morning telling me like all throughout his breakfast show, he was mentioning the Fifty Shades of Gay and larking around um, on the show. But yeah, he's invited us to Carfest. So that's quite an interesting, <laughs> quite interesting. We might so, if we can take him up on that one. So, so if people are going to Carfest and they see something with a big unicorn on the top but with the LGBT plus forum on it, you, you know why? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we don't we don't actually own the unicorn. We have borrowed it from a theming company who've kindly um, supported us uh, uh, by 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 letting us use that through the carnival. So, um, I guess if we do Carfest, we'd have to talk nicely to them and see if we could hire it again. That'd be the, uh... or, or Bristol city council have got a couple of nice gold ones. They might be able to lend you on the top of their building too. <laughs> Fabulous. I can put the tower scaffolding in if they don't mind lending them those, lending us those. <laughs> uh, well, listen, uh, we, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Um, we always hope that it's just a genuine mistake and that, um, you know, someone will hold their hand up and say, say sorry. And, um, you know, make it right and move on because at the end of the day that's what we want it's equality it's you know being equal it's not being exceptional or treated special um so i genuinely i hope they come back um if by the time this goes out on air like i say we will make sure that we publish uh, the update we'll make sure we keep in contact with you tomorrow but listen paul it's been lovely talking to you i know you've still got more carnival to come haven't you yet so people can still come and see the the floaty they want to uh, when when is the next one Hi, oh, great, Andy. Yeah, we're in Western Supermare uh, this Friday, and then the following Saturday we're in Glastonbury at the Glastonbury Carnival. 
Cool. Well, if you see Paul and the guys down there with their their LGBT plus forum uh, fan with a big unicorn, uh, give them a big gay wave uh, from uh, all of us. <laughs> uh, but for now, Paul, thank you ever so much for joining us um, and best luck with the rest of the carnivals. Great stuff, Andy. Thanks for having us back. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT radio for you. They're back. After a bit of a break due to COVID, the Shoutout Listeners Awards are returning. With more awards than ever before and ending in a massive award ceremony where the winners will be announced, voting will open on the 24th of November. Listen live to Shoutout Radio for more information. The Shoutout Podcast. I just realised something. You're, you're making me play a Christmas song. <laughs> well, before the before the cut cut off, um, I know that BCFM are home station, and I'm I'm sure all the other stations like Waveform, GFM, Bath Radio, can, KT, can I, can I plead innocence here, Medway, uh, Trans Radio UK, all have a first of December embargo on Christmas songs. But, but, but why are you missing this? <laughs> So I, I mean, like this was in the, this was this was submitted by a listener in, in, case, in case you're wondering, asking if we would play it. Well, so not a listener, the actual artist. Well, yeah, the artist. It's called Lola Dutronic, um, the Christmas Disco. I really like that track. <laughs> well, it's good, isn't it? It's really, yeah. really very festive. But yeah. it is perhaps slightly premature yet, but it is a good track. Well, well you that, see, I think should be on the play Christmas playlist. You, you, you say that, you see, all of the all of the, they've all got their Christmas adverts out. Apparently, the John Lewis yes. one. Really concentrates on um, they, they they went less about food and like because of the whole credit crunch and, and like this yeah. year and they've gone real, real with that. I haven't seen it yet, but everyone's told me that it's a real tearjerker. Do you want to see it? I got yeah. on my phone. Well, John not, Lewis, not, not while we're on, not while we're on air. Well, I'll hold it up to the microphone so the listeners can see it. <laughs> see it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the, uh, Steph, there's something we need to tell you about radio. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. why you got a face for it, you know. You know exactly, <laughs> that's cruel, Andrew. <laughs> dear, dear, I know, dear. right, Terry? You were witness to that. Shocking. 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 Anyway, there you but go. I'm, I'm very sorry. I, like I think track. we have just played the first Christmas song on about 15 stations <laughs> that we go out on. So, um, but yeah, I think that is definitely one to go in the in the Christmas list, isn't it? So let's Lola do Tronic and uh, the Christmas disco. And is that going to be released on single this year? It's been out actually be? since 2014. Believe it or. Not. Oh, I haven't heard it before, Steph so that's t- new for me. Yeah, me and Steph were talking about it, and she was like, I thought it was new this year. I'm like, it says 2014 in the track. It's, <laughs> it's, a, great, it's a cracking little song. It's very, very uh, evocative of the Christmases we all have. Yes. Like dancing around to George Michael and Boney M, which we all do. Yes, Love it. still yes. do. I think, I think that's just you. I too. do. Yeah. <laughs> As half the listeners go, who knows this Boney M? <laughs> Mary's boy child is one of the greatest Christmas number ones ever. Yes. Yeah, very true. Twas. Twas. 1978, <laughs> so, vintage year. I like yeah. the one last year with Ed Sheeran and uh, Melton John. Yes. No, they did a Christmas one together. It was cracking. It was brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Well, anything that Elton John's involved in is pretty good. Yeah, very true. Pretty like it. Very true. And the, the, the countdown is on, you know. It's going to come round very soon, Christmas. 10th of November already. I think, is it six weeks now, I think, yeah? Yeah. Six or seven yeah. weeks. So, Something uh, like that. That will go very, very fast. Um, but it's roughly two to the awards launch. Mm. Yes, there's the awards to think about before that, yes. Yeah, looking forward to that. It's, it's, yeah. It was 2017 we were last able to put it on, so um, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's always really nice. I, I really like it when you get someone who's done something extra special and they come up on that stage and you give them an award and it means so much to them. And um, I remember when Added won it in 2017, he was in tears and it was all I could do to keep it together when we were giving oh, it to him. So yes. it was, was sweet. And some amazing people have won uh, amazing awards throughout, uh, throughout the years. Um, in fact, ironically, I was talking to Paul Studley um, either side of that interview and he was saying that he's literally just taken um, the fact that they were award winners in 2012 off their windows um, with the vinyl and he was like that also worries me that I haven't cleaned the windows in that <laughs> <laughs> 10 years <laughs> so, so, I got um, a shout out award so, and as a side note by the way uh, we did contact Paul uh, before we went out on air we still haven't heard anything yet but um, uh, we will keep you abreast of what's happening with that in, in the coming weeks we're hoping they're yeah. going to make a statement about it So, yeah well we put it on That's our website uh, our yeah. news editor will pick that up. We'll we'll yeah. be uh, we'll be following that story. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we're we'll also close. we're also following quite closely what's happening in Qatar as well, uh, because um, that, that's yes. kind of hit the headlines quite a lot. Especially with um, I forget yes. the exact quote now, but the guy in Qatar said that gay people were mentally disturbed or something like that, didn't he? Well, case in point. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, you know, it is a very you know, dire situation in Qatar, not just for LGBTQ people, but for women, for lots yeah. of minorities, for migrant yeah. workers, and so on. And um, yeah. kind of the wrong yeah. choice to take a massive great football game to, really, isn't it? Yeah. The, so. If you watched, I've only got news for you on the BBC last weekend. Richard Madeley, of all people, really laid into those stars that have gone to Qatar and performed, and said that they should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. And he got a standing ovation. Well, he certainly got an ovation. Don't know whether it's standing. I know. I know that. Uh, a lot of the footballers yeah. are planning on wearing um, the pride rainbow. rainbow um, yeah, they which are. Which yeah, great. and did you see Blatter actually come out and said it shouldn't have gone to Qatar? And yet he was. Uh, yeah, but not, not because of that. Now. Not because he, of that. He just said it was because it was too small a place too to host small, it, and also it's human rights record. Yeah. Yeah, didn't Which necessarily mention what we're on about. Abysmal. Uh, anyway, that's it for another week. Um, I'm going to keep saying it for the next few weeks. Remember the shout out yes. listeners awards open on the 24th of November. Keep your eyes out for our website and stay tuned for more information. Shoutoutradio.lgbt is the site yes. to bookmark. Uh, next week we're going to talk about Tidor, which is Trans Day of Remembrance. So uh, join us for that. From myself, from Terry, and from Steph. Say bye bye, everyone. Bye everyone. Bye bye now. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.